Hey, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life, doing yet another episode, because that seems to be all that I do with my life, is constantly shoot YouTube or uh, podcast lectures over and over, but hey, what is there to live for after all, right? Anyway, this is Season 15, Episode 7, and we're going to be talking about another, uh, the third tool, basically, that could be utilized in helping determine one's temperament. Now... I will say take this tool with a grain of salt because this tool is probably the hardest one of the three to understand. We first talked about uh, abstraction versus concrete, which is how you tell the difference between someone being a sensor or an intuitive temperament, basically. What we talked about uh, last night in this uh, scary, eerily dark uh, lecture because, I mean, I was exiled by my children. And if you notice, I'm doing this in my car. And that's because, you know still exiled by my children because when my children visit they take over my home completely and that's because I live in a very small small apartment because the bay area and I'm paying off debt instead of like putting myself into debt and having some big house even though I could technically afford it but like I'm not going to do that so I'm going to be like you know an intelligent fiscally responsible human being and pay off all my debt and uh I'd actually made a huge headway on that recently thank god and I'm getting closer and closer to paying off all my debt every day because I want to be debt free so I can so that no longer can I walk around and be like, wow, that homeless guy over there is probably way better off fiscally than I am. You know what I mean? Don't really like having that experience. So definitely not going to be doing that. <clears throat> oh, well, now I know where my wallet was because I lost it and it's in here now. So, okay, found my wallet. Awesome. Anyway, uh, so little disclaimer, you know, we, we've talked about, um, we've talked about concrete versus abstract. We talked about affiliative versus pragmatic. And today we're going to be talking about systematic, uh, versus, uh, motive or interest, uh, tonight. And, uh, these can be pretty confusing with the temperaments because everyone's like, well, I, well, I am pragmatic or, or I am affiliative or, you know, or I am, well, let me say this. Everybody's everything. That's a fact. Everybody is direct. Everyone is informative. Everyone is responding. Everyone is initiating. Everyone is control. Everyone is movement. Everyone is pragmatic. Everyone is uh, affiliative. Everyone is concrete. Everyone is abstract. Everyone is systematic. Everyone is uh, motive focused, right? Uh, so what's the point then? Why do we even care if everyone is everything? We care because people, though they are everything, they are some of, they're half of the everything more often than they are the other half. It's about primary versus secondary, right? Primary versus secondary. That's the point. That is the importance. You want primary versus secondary with each of these tools, right? People, some people are primarily direct, specifically the, uh, the in charge or the the structure leadership uh, interaction style, and also the finishers, the the chart, the course, see it through types, those four types in that interaction style. They're also direct, right? And the other half of them are informative, where we have uh, you know like the starter types where I am, I'm informative primarily, right? But I still have a direct INTJ uh, shadow, also known as my unconscious. It's direct, right? But my my shadow or my unconscious is out less often. 
because I'm primarily in my ego, right? So again, we're just focusing on what is primary. And I noticed actually one of my comments earlier, someone who claims to be an ISTJ is like, but I'm very independent all the time. And, and if I'm an, INS, I'm an ISTJ and I'm very pragmatic and it's like, yeah, I could see the argument for that because the example that she was using is uh, this example of, well, I'm doing classwork and, you know, I would rather do all my classwork by myself because I don't want these people to do that. Okay, yeah, that's to lower my grade. That's classic TE parent. That's very classic TE parent. And that's kind of normal for an ISTJ to have that point of view. And that is actually in a secondary situation because they're in their ESTP shadow or unconscious who is actually more pragmatic. So to help them deal with the fact that they need to be more independent because their TE parent is aware that these people would be potentially reducing their ability to, um, um, you know, reducing their grade potentially, they'll want to be more independent, right? But that does not make them primarily pragmatic. That does not make an ISTJ primarily pragmatic because let me tell you about ISTJs. They're the world's best accountants. They're the world's best lawyers, basically. Why? Because they know about the rules. They know the process. They know about... Uh they, they know about asking permission, right? And, and what the rules are as a result of permission, right? From a affiliative standpoint. This is why ISTJs are primarily affiliative, right? But they have an ESTP shadow or unconscious, which just happens to be pragmatic. So that's not to say that an ISTJ can be pragmatic. They can be pragmatic. It's just primarily they are affiliative, okay? So that's the difference. You have to be aware of these primaries and secondaries when it comes to these different tools that they're using, that you are using to identify somebody's interaction style or identifying someone's temperament. You have to do this in order to have some kind of mastery over the type grid so that you can use, utilize the type grid to type someone accurately with 100% accuracy and then the more you master it, the more you get used to it, the more you understand how people interact with each other and how they communicate and how do they organize their life and what roles they take on, etc. The more, the faster you're able to do it to the point where you could do it within 30 seconds of meeting somebody like that, right? So you just have to be aware of these different things. You have to be aware of these different nuances, right? It's all about primary and secondary, like a yin and yang equilibrium. Everyone can do everything. It's just what do they do primarily more? And I know an ISTJ would often argue with me, well, I'm more pragmatic. I'm not affiliative. And it's like, actually you are because of all the types, you have the highest respect for rules and authority, to be honest, and you're more of the type that's going to ask permission rather than ask forgiveness because you're not going to put yourself at risk, which means SI hero, you are affiliative. So just be aware of that. Like I'm just using this ISTJ example because that's what somebody commented on uh, last night's lecture about, which I staunchly, staunchly vehemently disagree with. But the reason why is because people get confused between primary versus secondary roles. And remember, we're just focusing on primary because we're trying to identify someone's ego. Once we have identified their ego, we know all four sides of their mind from that point. We also know all their cognitive functions and we could get to understanding that person and optimizing our ability to communicate with that person to get the best possible result, right? That's why we do this. This is why we care about type, right? And this helps us in our relationships, our friendships, uh, parenting children, our professional relationships. This helps us in the bedroom. There's a lot of unlimited applications wherever more than one human being interacts. Oh, wait, this also counts towards interacting with yourself this is why this information, this form of depth psychology is relevant. So anyway, 
I think I beat that dead horse pretty well here. So, but, uh, well, it's kind of nice to be actually like filming in a car again. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I mean, you kind of have to do what you got to do, right? So anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about how people focus their attention today. We're going to be talking about being systematic and having systematic atten uh, in, um, attention and uh, focusing your attention on systems, right? Versus focusing your attention based on people's uh, motives or their interests, a very interest focus. Uh, so, and so that basically means we have SJs and NTs. They are basically systematic, right? People are, are, are they, they utilize frameworks. It's all about systems, right? Uh, whereas, you know, the, uh, the other folks who are, um, so like the SPs and the NFs, they're more focused on motivation. What interests this person or why, why do they do what they do, right? And that's kind of how, uh, that's kind of how it goes for, right? Uh, that's, that's just how it goes between the two uh, those two different little tools to go between. So, you know, we had, um, so yeah, so people with their temperament primarily are either very systematic or they are very, you know, focused on motives or focused on uh, interest, right? So about interest focus. It's where how you're focusing your attention, right? So again, this is according to the theory as put forward by Dr. Linda Behrens. She wrote the book, uh, Understanding Yourself and Others. It's actually a book series. I recommend you buy them. They are very good. She uses different terminology than what David Kiersey has used or, or um, what the MBTI has used or whatever, probably because she doesn't want to get sued, right? Because pe people do that, you know, and she just doesn't want to get sued or whatever. But uh, I'm not plagiarizing. This is not my own work. Uh, the type, uh, how we use interaction styles and, and the temperaments is all according to Dr. Linda Behrens. This is why I personally completely reject David Kiersey and want to get away from David Kiersey. Uh, I completely reject him and his interpretation of the temperaments. And, uh, and I largely reject the MBTI's everything. <laughs> because again, the MBTI is nothing more than a test. That's all it is. It is just a test, nothing else. It is just a test. There is nothing more about MBTI other than the fact that it is just a test, right? And it could, at best, it could ballpark what your type is. It's not guaranteed to work every time. And uh, they've, in my opinion, their relationship with the science has been waffly at best, very flimsy, very tinfoily, because, uh, you know, they're, they constantly, in my opinion, change their, their, their content for the sake of, you know, making sales. And that change of content could actually inhibit their ability to get people further and further away from the truth, right? Because they're just trying to sell more tests, they're trying to sell more certifications. It's a business, right? But that doesn't mean they are actually trying to stay as true to the science as they possibly can. So again, when you're thinking about the MBTI, you have to consider it for what it is, a test. That's all the MBTI is. There's, there's nothing else about it. It's just the test, right? So we, we could practice actual Jungian analytical psychology or depth psychology, as people call it. And this is where we get Dr. Linda Behrens. Thank God for Dr. Linda Behrens for uh, providing us with this information so we can learn about how to type ourselves and others by using the type grid. And the type grid is a design that came as a result of understanding Dr. Linda Behrens's uh, interpretation of the temperaments versus the interaction styles, right? 
So then we're able to actually understand how people work and where their temperaments come from and then what their what their interaction styles come from and then like a, like times tables if we understand their interaction style and we understand the temperament we instantly know what type they are like that with 100% accuracy. Okay, another dead horse that I've just beaten the crap out of. So back to uh, focus, uh, foci. Um, so we have systematic and we have interest-based focus. So let's talk about people who are very systematic. Now, this is not to be confused with people who are control-based, who go at their own pace, you know, uh, who take their time, who kind of need a plan, whatnot, because, uh, you know, and, and are trying to reduce chaos because that's just that's just how they get progress in their life. You know, remember, from a control standpoint, progress cannot come in the midst of chaos. They have to remove the chaos. They have to bring that organization. Being systematic means you think in terms of systems, Right. And uh, there's always a kind of framework or a label or a model that you can attach another human being to. That's the point of it, right? So, um, and uh, it's about it's about like putting people uh, or focusing on or paying attention to. Okay, what is the order, or how is this organized? How is this sequenced? How is this? How does this put together? How how is it built together? Right? How does it fit together? Where's the missing puzzle pieces? Uh, or where's the place in the puzzle that needs to have a piece added to it, right? That's the kind of focus that a systematic person has. Um, and, uh, like, it's important because they have to have some kind of, um, you know, way of doing things, like a methodology to be able to, um, you know, deal with life's problems. See, uh, systematic people are very methodical. It's all about methodology. They they literally uh, they 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 pay attention to methodologies and they develop methodologies to solve problems. Right? This is how they solve problems constantly. It's all about methodologies. And then they can come up with processes. And if they're a control type, they can implement those processes as plans. For example, if they're a movement type, they could just follow that one process that they have that one time, and then they'll throw it away and then create another one later right if they're a movement type but again they could still be systematic so you have nts and you have sjs who think in terms of these systems right who who pay attention to systems or are trying to develop systems or try to put life or aspects of life into these various frameworks right uh and they could be matrixy like like the plural for matrix is matrix matrices um so it could be matrices uh it could be uh rules um social norms professional norms like here's here's an example of a, of a professional norm uh, that is systematic you always make sure you are dressed up to uh, properly for a job interview so if you notice something statistically if you look at someone who's getting a job interview and this is all I, I have a lot of anecdotal evidence because I've hired people I've also gone to job interviews with other people at the same time where we had like group interviews and whatnot and I've seen this so I've experienced it personally and many other people I know have also seen this as well. But when you go to a job interview, wow, my allergies are just like terrible right now. It's probably because like I'm outside. Oh my gosh, it's just bad right now. That's why I keep like rolling down this window. But anyway, bear with me here. So, uh, job interviews. Okay, so here's an example of being systematic versus, you know, uh, interest or motive based uh, with your focus of, of attention. So, an SP and an NF shows up to a job interview, or an SJ and an NT show up for a job interview. What are they wearing? So the SJ and the NT, they're looking sharp. They're there to make an absolute 
really nice first impression, right? Statistically, majority of the time they're like they're they're really well dressed. They got their hair done. They're they're super professional. Uh, they're 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 kind of overdressed in that way. Maybe they're wearing a suit. Who knows? But they they're they're really dressed to impress. The NTs and SJs take that very seriously. However, statistically. I've watched, uh, well, statistically, NFs and SPs don't always do that. I have seen NFs and SPs show up to job interviews in a Hawaiian shirt or wearing shorts or just uh, wearing just a random uh, button-up shirt, you know, that was uh, not tucked in or whatever. You know what I mean? I've seen that happen, right? Now, uh, obviously, that doesn't always happen. There's plenty of SPs and NFs who have figured that out. But earlier in life, if they've had less job interviews over their life, they kind of really don't understand the whole, you know, norm of getting a job and following this process that everyone, you know, the systematic people figure out with this framework of job interviews. Hey, there's this framework and there is this process that you should do if you are going to get a job, right? That's culturally acceptable, right? Because we're very systematic and we understand the systems of culture, right? You know, whereas an SP and NF is like, I don't care about the systems of culture. It's like, I just... All I know is what I want to do or what I what my what I'm motivated to do here and I'm motivated to get a job right now so I'm going to do it. Now sometimes they recognize that after failing to get a job a few times that they probably should dress up for that and then like okay now I'm motivated because it wasn't so easy for me to get a job so now I'm actually going to dress really well for it, right? Whereas, you know, it's more of a default method that is followed by the systematic types, which are SJs and NTs. They're very systematic. They have all these methodologies, right? And they're very, you know, that way. I am that way. I am very systematic. I mean, I'm talking about Jungian analytical psychology. I'm presenting a system or models and methodologies to you folks as my audience on a regular basis, right? This is what I do, right? So you can kind of see how I'm very system-based. You know, NTs and SJs are very system-based as a result. That's not to say SPs and NFs are not. Again, they have the ability to be system-based. Oh, but wait, that's secondary. It's not default. It's not primary. They don't do it by default, right? Again, when I say primary versus secondary, primary also means default, right? SPs and NFs, do not default to follow these methodologies, particularly when getting a job or uh, or just basically doing anything. Because guess what? It could be different this time. It really could be different this time. Whereas with NTs and SJs, no, we have a method for, uh, we have an expectation. We understand what's going to, you know, what's at stake here. We're going to make it happen. And yes, it's not going to be different this time. We're going to do it the same expected way that it really should be, right? So that's what it means to be systematic in that way. Um, so uh, if, if things are not systematic, like, um, uh, like when you take someone who is systematic and they're not, and they're, and they're not systematic, right. Or, or they, they go in a situation where there's like a clear lack of structure, right. There's a, there's a clear lack of process, a clear lack of rules. It's just like total anarchy. They can't really function as well. Now that's funny because I know a lot of SJs who politically, they would actually like, ISTJs and ESTPs, they would be definitely all for anarchy. They they would they would appreciate that absolute libertarian approach. And that's fine. But even then, at the end of the day, when you talk to them about it, they would recognize, well, yeah, we do need some loose structure here and there. And they would still agree that, yes, a structure would be good, right? Whereas an NF would probably argue for like a commune, you know, where it is technically more anarchist to have like 
just a bunch of little communes everywhere instead of just one grand commune, right? You know, tribal, right? You know what I'm saying? So just to kind of give you a difference there. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's about outlines and rules and norms and methodologies and models when it comes to a systematic person, right? And they, and they care about like, you know, what, what's, what's the order of things? Uh, you know, what, uh, how are things organized? Uh, very org chart, right? Uh, you know, uh, SJs and NTs could probably create an org chart for their family, right? And, uh, or their church or, or anything. Anything could be like, you know, people, uh, people are here, people are there. There's always some kind of loose framework or loose method or loose process involved with, you know, what they pay attention to, right? So, um, so that's that's just kind of where they are. They get um, the thing, although there is a weakness to being systematic. Like you could be really focused on the details, but you can get really focused on the details. But you could also um, you could also miss out on um, on like the purpose behind like why people are doing things, like the purpose behind people's behavior, right? It's kind of like uh, you're looking at the forest, but you miss the trees, right? Seeing the forest, but missing the trees. And uh, that can be a problem for systematic people because sometimes people do not always apply to their methodology. Sometimes people do not always apply to their systems, right? And that can be an issue. That's why SPs oftentimes have to test the rules and test the norms because they're like, I don't think I apply to that system. And you know, this is really prevalent in ESTPs and ISTPs. Because those two types, you know, they exist like, okay, rules exist to be tested. I need to break this rule to see if this rule is worth having, right? I need to see what the consequence of my actions are to see if this rule is worth having. Okay, great. I found this rule. I've tested this rule. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I understand why this rule exists now, right? It's different. They're not systematic, right? Whereas systematic folks, SJs and NTs, have a higher respect for the rules, a higher respect for the norms, but the SPs and NFs, no, because to them, the rules are kind of arbitrary, right? They can be really, really arbitrary. You know, this, this is more primary, right? Secondarily, obviously, yes, they see that some rules are absolutely necessary. You know, it's up to their personal choice at the end of the day, but that's a secondary outlook. I'm talking about what's primary here, right? So let's switch over to the uh, uh, interest and uh, motive of the other people. And, and basically, it just comes down to, like, uh, what do other people... Um, like what what interests other people like what is their interest what are they trying to get out of this right so sps and nfs do this thing and they're constantly like okay well what's in it for me what's in it for this other person and that's kind of what they're focused on you know when having a conversation they're not really focused on this framework or methodology because every interaction with each human being or anything that happened could be new this time around right and because it's new this time around we have to be aware of oh hey you know uh, this person might have an agenda. I, I have my own agenda. So because I know I have my agenda with what I want to do here uh, or what or what experience I'm looking to receive, other people have that as well, right? Again, that's not to say that SJs and NTs do this. They do do that too. It's just a secondary function. It's not, uh, or a secondary trait. It's not primary. It's not default to them, right? So um, they're like, okay, well, what's in it for you? Like they, they that question is, it's probably the best way that I could use to describe an interest-focused person because they're trying to figure out what interests other people have in a given social situation, you know, or what person's interests or agenda is, um, you know, 
Like, uh, if you talk to an SP, they're like, okay, well, what's the experience that this person's trying to get from me right now? Or, um, or you talk to an NF, and it could be that same thing. What's the experience they're trying to get from me? Or it could be like if you're an NP uh, or an NFP, you could be like, okay, well, what do they want? Like, what's their angle here? What's their agenda, right? And that's that. That those are those are for the more interest-based uh, uh, people. Um, and uh, these people, they're most comfortable when intentions or motives uh, or uh, interests, people's interests are very clear. They want those things upfront and clear because they use that as a boundary to organize their life. Instead of having, uh, instead of using a methodology to organize their life or to, as, as a boundary, they use the interests of other people because once they know what the interests of other people is, they know that they have, they have a framework from which to work with based on someone else's interest. Instead of just living by a generally accepted framework or methodology, like the common methodology used to get a job. You dress very well, you have a resume, you have a cover letter, you have your references, you have your LinkedIn profile, etc. You know that's the that's the that's the methodical, you know, normal way of doing things from the systematic point of view. But an interest-focused person is more like, hey, you know, here's what I want out of it. Here's what you want out of it. Okay, now that I know what you're interested in, I can get it for you. You know, and it's very transactional, right? It's very transactional. Every interaction is on a case-by-case -case basis, and it's very transactional. I know what that person is interested in in this situation, and I can get it for him. That maybe give me power, or maybe we could do a trade, or I know what he's, uh, I know what I'm interested in. I could share that with this other person, and then maybe they're motivated to help me, or maybe I'm motivated to help me. It's all about motivation with interest-focused people, whereas systematic-focused people it's it's more about methodology, rules, norms are, are what kind of more motivate them to do things, um, structure or frameworks, matrices, uh, uh, scaffolding, you know, with their interactions, kind of like what uh, my my cousin would call putting people in boxes, right? Uh, you know, because they're they're following rules, they're following procedure. It's very procedure focused from a systematic person, and human interaction is based on some kind of procedure. I don't know how many times an SJ has told me, "Well, put together a proposal and let's see what you can do," and it's like I don't want to put it together a proposal. I just want to actually tell you about it and give my elevator pitch and then see how you feel about it or see what you think about it. No, but they want me to actually literally write them out in an official proposal and give it to them. You know what I mean? Stresses out, <laughs> you know, my, my, my ESFP super ego, but the other sides of my mind are like, okay, yeah, I could do that, you know, and then I do. I put together a proposal and then I can convince the SJ to give me money or I could convince them to do whatever because, you know, the, the, the proposal itself is what they need to be convinced, right? Whereas with an SP and NF, I have to state up front, yeah, I want your money. Yes, I'm trying to persuade you that I want your money. And, you know, they want it out front, right? Because they because then it sets expectations, right? It's all about level setting expectations with interest-based people because your expectations are based on the interests of other human beings, not based on norms, you know, not based on accepted rules or accepted situations. Now, a lot of people would argue with me, well, I'm an NT. I'm not like SJs where I'm very accepted on norms, you know, like this. Actually, yes, you are. Have you ever heard of the scientific method? NTs often espouse the scientific method, and guess what? That's a norm. That's a method. That's a model. 
It's just your norms and methods and models are manifesting differently than would uh, for SJs, right? It's more strategy focused, right? Whereas SJs, it's just more commonly accepted, you know, common sense rules and norms and uh, outlines. That's just kind of how it is. It's different for them, right? You know, but but for interest-based people, it's uh, it's even beyond that. You know, again, they still need to understand that, uh, you know, people's interests are clear. It has to be clear. All the guesswork has to be removed. Constantly has to be removed. Um, gosh, my nose is just itching like crazy. I guess this is like the nose itch show. You know what I mean? Not exactly ideal. So, you know, and the way NFs... Of, uh, uh, the way NFs approach, um, the way that they approach interest, their interest focus is that they're trying to find the, the, the greater meaning or the deeper purpose behind what's happening. So when they're looking at people's interests, they're like, okay, what's the meaning of this? What's the hidden meaning here? What's the purpose of this? What's the point of this, right? Because the point can be different. What's the point of this rule or norm or methodology? What is the point of this person talking to me right now? What's their game, right? What's their interest? What are they not telling me? Or, uh, you know, I just really need to know and sometimes it's not even nefarious like that. It's like, oh, I just need to know what they want so I can get it for them. So there's no guessing anymore. Or I just want to know what would make them feel better so that I could have a better relationship with them. It's those types of things. It's those types of considerations that are really important, right? So it's not a bad thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're constantly questioning other people for their intentions or motives or whatever, uh, kind of like an extrovert intuition nemesis person would do. Um, but, uh, which would be like an INTJ and INFJ would technically do that. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that they need to understand the interests of people around them, especially those closest to them so that they know how to interact with those people, right? As part of their temperament, they are an idealist, right? So they need to know what other people's interests are so that they could act ideally. So that it, because they know what people are interested in, okay, I know this person a person, person A, and I know what this person's interests are, and I want to provide the ideal solution to this person, but I can't provide them the ideal solution until I know what they're interested in, right? Again, that's what it, that's why it is very important for, you know, people to do that. It's the same thing with SPs. It's like, you're trying to get me to give you a good experience here. Maybe I'm building something for you. Uh, maybe we're working on something together, right? Maybe I'm building your house or whatever, and I'm an SP, and I'm doing it with my own hands or whatever. I need to know what it is you want me to build, right? Because they need to know what your interests are. Oh, are you interested in having me build it this way? Are you interested in having it to be two stories or three stories? You know, tell me what you want, man. Tell me what your what experience you're trying to receive here so I could build it for you, right? Tell me what your ideal situation is so I could bring you your ideal. That's what an idealist is trying to do, right? They're just trying to do it from four different directions because there's four different types, right? That's what it means to be interest-focused, right? So it's it's all about uh, you know trying to find that deep purpose behind the, uh, um, a behavior. The problem is though is that they don't really keep track of all the details. So okay, yes, I have the purpose behind this behavior or this interaction with this fellow human being, but they're not really paying attention to the details, and some things can be lost in translation, which can lead to miscommunication. Where you know with a systematic person, it's like okay, I have all the details, but I've lost the deep purpose, and they get caught up in the details, and then. They don't even know what the purpose of the interaction is to begin with. 
And then all of a sudden they're kind of going off on tangents a little bit sometimes. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. The actual issue is this. Oh, why didn't you say so? And it's like, but I did say so. But they just get caught up in the minutia, right? So it's different. You know, systematic people are focused on minutia, whereas the um, interest-based people are focused on the purpose. What's the point? What is the point of us doing this right now? And you can almost kind of see them tapping their foot a little bit as they're waiting for you to get to the point, right? I'm, I'm sure SPs are like, yeah, that's totally me. <laughs> get to the point. Speak, man, speak. You know, I, I, I don't have all day, right? So that's just kind of a, another uh, interesting uh, point of view. So, yeah, so again, you know, systematic people, it's about rules, norms, uh, strategies, methodologies, uh, minutia, whereas interest-based, interest-focused people, they're more uh, focused on, um, on the deep purpose behind behaviors, the why people do what they do, uh, the, uh, you know, what interests these people, um, you know, they need those interests to be able to build the house or create the ideal situation where a systematic person needs to like, okay, in order for me to be organized or to help you organize, we need to have some kind of system. We need to have some kind of methodology here. Like, you know, the scientific method is one of them or the tax code is another one for you STJs out there or, um, you know, physical fitness, like the process to reach physical fitness, ESTJs care about that a lot, or um, procedure on how to care for somebody, you know, in a hospital for those ESFJs who are nurses, right? Again, these are just loose examples, right? And again, everyone does everything. There are NTs who have other sides of their mind who are more interest focused, right? And then but those are secondary traits. Remember, it's primary versus secondary, guys. I'm trying to talk about what people do by default or what they do first or what they do primarily the majority of the time. And SJs and NTs are systematic. And uh, SPs and NFs are interest-focused. So you're systems-focused or you're interest-focused, right? And that's the difference between the two. So... Let's look at some examples. Uh, we're gonna type someone right now. And uh, let's say that I'm a woman and uh, I'm interested in dating a man. And uh, I'm a woman and uh, I came across uh, an INTP and uh, I happen to be an ENTJ woman. I've been very successful. And uh, you know, we have this really good relationship or whatnot. And, uh, but you know, I'm kind of not, I'm losing interest in him, and then all of a sudden I'm going to be going for his friend, right? Well, you don't know what type this friend is, so you start interacting with them, and you're like, okay, wow, he's really informative, okay? Just like my, my other friend that I was kind of interested in, but not anymore, and uh, he's just introducing me because we're just still friends or whatever to this other guy, and this other guy, okay, yeah, he's informative, great, so he's either starter type or he's behind the scenes or background type, so... Okay, starter or background, good to go. And then, uh, okay, so I'll keep talking to him. Okay, oh wow, he's moving really quick and he's really darting through all of ideas and I could definitely keep track with that. So he's definitely movement oriented. Awesome, so he's a starter type. Great, so we've confirmed starter type. So he's either an ESFJ, uh, ESFP, ENTP, uh, and ENFP, right? And then I talk to him more, okay, he's very abstract, okay, great. Uh, so then he's uh, definitely an ENTP or a uh, ENFP. 
but he's constantly talking about systems and methodologies and uh, talking about uh, the process by which he changes oil on his car, uh, talking about uh, this new program that he's been working on with certain people. And uh, he's, he's telling me about the four pillars of self-intimacy for some reason, but again, that's a, that's a method, that's a system, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, so he's very systems focused. Well, that means he's an NT, ergo he is an ENTP, right? And great, oh, he's an ENTP, I'm really super compatible to ENTP, that's definitely someone I wanna be in a relationship with, I'm going to ask him out to coffee. And then they do, and then off to the races, and it's a great relationship, right? Because, you know, coffee is that great, apparently. But you get my point, right? In this, you know, interesting example. Or you could do it backwards, you know, the same thing like with an INTP, you know, they're very systems focused, they're, they're abstract, right? And uh, they are, um, they're pragmatic, very independent. This ENTP in this situation would be pragmatic as well. So all you have to do is utilize these different tool sets, compare and contrast each of the tools within the three different levels, you know, because we have at the top, concrete and abstract, and then we have pragmatic versus affiliative. We have systematic versus interest, right? Interests. And once you have those three things, you can identify anybody's temperament using those three different tools. And then identifying their interaction styles, it's direct versus informative, it's control versus movement, and initiating versus responding. You have those three tools as well and to figure out their interaction style. And all you have to do with the type grid is identify their interaction style and identify their temperament. And then like times tables, you instantly know which type they are. Bingo, like that. So anyway. We're going to be doing, uh, I'm actually going to be doing another lecture, uh, the next episode uh, of this lecture series. Um, it may be the final one, or it might not be the final one. I may, ask, I may add some bonus uh, lectures to it. But it's going to be in front of a whiteboard, where I'm going to be whiteboarding out the type grid, and we're going to be doing some examples, and you're going to see how all of this information fits together. So we could literally type any type of any person that we come into contact with using the grid and using all these tools and you'll see exactly where it fits and, and how the information flows from point to point on the grid. And, uh, you know, just so that everyone understands, okay, oh, okay, yeah, that's where direct fits. Oh, okay, yeah, that's where pragmatic fits. Oh, okay, yeah, that's where systematic fits, you know. So you can understand where it is, where they belong, and then use it for yourself. When you do a couple loose examples and just see how it all fits together in general, right? That way, you can utilize these lectures for the definitions of each of these tools, but then you can use the final lecture in this series just kind of a general overview of how it all works so that you can use the type grid. And also include the link where you can download the type grid uh, after that lecture, So, um, which would basically be the homepage of my website. Yeah, that's where you can get it. Um, I'm also going to have a new type grid redone and republished uh, that includes all this updated additional information from Dr. Linda Barron's on the type grid so that you guys can utilize that as a free resource to be able to figure out, okay, hey, this is how the type grid works, this is what I need to do, etc. So anyway, uh, this lecture is a little bit longer because it's kind of difficult to explain the difference between systematic or interest-focused uh, uh, people. Uh, so it requires a lot of additional definitions, etc. So I just wanted to spend a little bit more time with it. And also being that I'm in a car, uh, just kind of kind of wanted to like get it all out as much as possible and kind of beat some of the dead horses that we've been having. 
I added that little disclaimer because we were having some a little bit of confusion, but I think the next overview lecture that I'll be doing to complete uh, this um, this lecture series, which will be episode eight. Uh, in episode eight, I think we should be able to have all of the uh, misunderstandings quelled and uh, everyone should understand how to use the type grid basically by the end of this uh, lecture series, season 15. So, awesome. So if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, insightful, and I'm sure I'm going to come up with a new adjective eventually, uh, leave a like on the channel uh, on this lecture and uh, subscribe. Please subscribe to uh, the channel here on YouTube and also on the podcast while you're at it. We're on iTunes and like Spotify and Google Play. If you haven't joined the Discord server yet, the link is in the description. If you haven't joined our meetup group yet and are in the Bay Area, California, towards San Francisco, or will be visiting it sometime soon, go ahead and join the meetup group as well. And uh, if you would like to join the meetup group and start up a uh, CSJ-related uh, meetup group somewhere else in the country, uh, join the meetup group and then contact me, and we'll definitely have a conversation about what we can do to get that started. So. Again, if you have any questions or concerns about what it is to be systematic or interest-based, interest-focused, please leave it in the comments section below, and I'll do my best to answer your questions or concerns. And uh, yeah, so awesome. Uh, I think I'll have episode eight out tomorrow, uh, and uh, then I begin my trip to Ohio. And yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. So I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. With that being said, have a good night.